What's going on, everyone? Welcome to episode 12 of season four. I'm your host, Kurt Field. And it's your boy, Turkey Boy Bruno. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. We are coming to you uh, a couple days before good old Turkey Day, and we are excited because guess who plays on Turkey Day, Kurt? You know what? Uh, a lot of high school football teams, Bruno. That's what I was talking about, Kurt. You you read my mind. I, I knew that's where you were going with that. <laughs> well, you, Kurt, much like we always do, our chemistry is off the charts. Bruno, I, um, <laughs> this is the first time in over a decade that the New England Patriotes will be playing on on Turkey Day. It's actually crazy. Like, Kurt, we like I'm so used to I'm trying to think of what the classic matchup is like Lions Cowboys. Like, what is the yeah Lions Lions and Cowboys play every year. So uh, not each other, right. but they have a game. Um, and it's interesting because. We played the Lions on Thanksgiving way back in the day. We were in red uniforms. That was the one um, 10 years ago? No, oh. the one 10 years ago, I believe, was butt fumble. Oh, that Sanchez. was Thanksgiving? Yeah, because oh I remember Tom Brady and Vince Wilfork, <laughs> hashtag Superbird, was eating. They were on NBC eating a turkey leg. Oh, my God. That is, you know, national audience. Everybody needs to see the butt fumble. What was a worse performance, oh, God. the butt fumble or Zach Wilson this weekend? Well, Kurt, you can make a compelling evidence. Uh, you can make a compelling <laughs> argument with the evidence that it was obvious that it was this week. I mean, I would go with this yeah. week. Well, I don't know. I don't know. Actually, that that that, that uh, Turkey Day game was pretty. We we torched them and we scored offensive touchdowns. Yes. Which was <laughs> it was it the score the final the margin of victory was a lot more that game than it was in this game. <laughs> it was Bruno. It was Bruno. Here we are. We are uh, what eleven weeks oh. into the NFL season at the moment. Crazy. Uh, the haters and losers of which there are oh so many are sick did not want us to do this podcast today. No, Bruno, they did not. We're. This is, I think, the first Tuesday we've recorded. Mm -hmm. We've recorded on some Mondays, mm -hmm. a couple Wednesdays. Uh, but the Turkey Day week has kind of thrown us for a loop in terms of our schedule. Loop. So we're making adjustments. My plan is I was going to put this out immediately following the podcast tonight, not in the morning tomorrow. So TBD, I, I might surprise drop it tonight. Uh, I also might just go to bed <laughs> because uh, the haters, like I was talking about earlier, Miraculous! I don't go to my parents' house all that often, but I had to go over there to get my car, which had been there. And I was like, oh, this is going to work out timing-wise. I'm going to do the podcast at my parents' house. That was the plan. Cox Internet Services said, no, that's not the plan. You can't do that. They turned off the Wi-Fi in the area. 
We called Cox. <laughs> Wi-Fi was restored. Thought we were good. I sent the link to start the podcast with Bruno. Wi-Fi. None. Goes out. TV's down. The weather center, down at at my parents' house. So we had to call an audible. Uh, and now we are here. I'm in Stats Guy's basement at the moment. And we are coming to you, not live, but an hour late. Uh, but we're here. But, Kurt, technically, if we, like, since we decide when we want to put shit out, it's not even necessarily late. It's late for us, but to the audience, they're, we're right on time. Yeah, that, this is, that's very, very true, my friend. Very true. Um, Bruno, <laughs> with that being said, yes, sir. Um, before, because I like our longer intros, mm. Um, I need to ask you to power rank Ooh. your top three Thanksgiving items. It can be a dessert. It can be a side. It can be a main course. Take that as you will. Hmm. What, let me lay it down on the line for me about what, what you're what you're most into on Thanksgiving. So before I say anything, when you say items, are are we specifying food? Because I would put football in the top three if we weren't specifying food. Uh, yeah, I'll say food okay. because football was all, would also be in my top three. Okay. Um, honestly, I'm kind of a basic Thanksgiving kind of guy. Like I don't, you know, I don't have a, a ton of crazy stuff. I would just probably go. The clear top two for me are just turkey and mashed potatoes. Like those are the clear top two, and then after that. <sighs> I'm trying to think if there's anything uh, different that my family usually does. Do we do? Do they usually do any good desserts? I don't even think we really could do any good desserts. You guys like pie? Are you like pie people? Are you? Um, uh, are you like a sweet potato guy with like the marshmallows on it, stuffing, green beans, anything pumpkin flavored, like a little basic uh, white bit flavored. Not a huge pumpkin guy. Uh, I'll probably go, I'll probably go, uh, I don't know how to just, I was trying to think while you're talking, I was trying to think of the name of these, but I don't know what they're called. You ever had those like circle candy things that are like caramel in, in a circle. And then there's like white, like Oreo, not Oreo filling, but like white filling in the middle. I forget the name of those. You know what I'm talking about? No, I don't. No. So that doesn't help. Maybe someone in the audience will know. So if you're listening right now and you know what I'm talking about, uh, scream out the answer. Maybe one of us will hear you. I don't know what they're called. So that's number three? Yeah, exactly. exactly. I, I don't know what they're called, but one of my relatives, I think it's one of my aunts, she uh, usually makes them for dessert. And I, I don't, I'm not a huge pie guy in general, but I'll eat those. So that's the unique I, non-basic answer for my top three. See, uh, you, Bruno, you and I are very similar in the fact that I feel like we are both simple guys and we like the simple, the simple pleasures. Um, and with that being said, when I was growing up, the only thing I would eat were turkey and mashed potatoes. Yep. It was the only thing I would play. <laughs> Sounds like we have some similarities, um, Kurt. <laughs> however, I have, I have evolved slightly. Oh, you uh, in my, I know it's not as fun. I know <laughs> it's not as fun. What's the third? Uh, there's like, there's actually colors on my plate. Oh, um, stuffing has taken over okay. the number one spot. I'm big stuffing guy. I get stuffed by stuffing. <laughs> well, um, Kirk gets stuffed. Let's well, flip that, folks. <laughs> <laughs> hey yo, hey yo. Um, that's one. Turkeys two, and then mashed potatoes are three for me. Uh, fourth is either my cousin Jackie makes this. I'm not like a huge pumpkin guy either, yeah. but she makes this like pumpkin square. Doesn't really taste like pumpkin at all. It's like cake almost, yeah. and it's like has like frosting on it. It's delightful i so i i think i i think i would be okay that. with like i know this is, i don't you can you can 
lambaste me for this take, if you will. I think I'm okay with pumpkin like artificial flavor. Like I've had like pumpkin spice. I'm not a coffee guy. I've had the the PSL. I've had those before. I'm like, yeah, they're not that bad. But then I've had like actual pumpkin shit. I'm like, this is gross. So I don't know. <laughs> like paste, pumpkin paste. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, so sh- I hope everybody enjoys their Thanksgiving food. Uh, if you're listening, drop a comment about what your favorite yep. favorite Thanksgiving foods are. Bruno, want to get get this going? Kurt, let's get ready to rumble. Okay, let's do it. So, Bruno, last week we talked about if the Packers win over the Cowboys could potentially save their season. But it doesn't matter what we said last week because in the course of just four days, we got the answer. And it's a big fat no. Yep. It's no. The season can't be saved. Uh, The Packers hosted the Titans on Thursday Night Football and got handed a 27-17 loss to Ryan Tannehill and the boys. Green Bay obviously came into the game trying to slow down Derrick Henry. However... They just completely forgot to stop the pass because Ryan Tannehill threw for 333 yards and two touchdowns, um, which obviously, if you let Ryan Tannehill do that to you, that's probably not a good sign. Uh, Bruno, since dropping their first two games of the season, the AFC South leading Titans are now 7-3 and and have won seven of their last eight games. Uh, For the Packers, there's nothing much to say for them. The season is kind of down the tubes. The only bright spot in this one, Christian Watson... He caught two more touchdowns in this game, and it's kind of been the only the only good thing going for them. So um, their season over, while the Titans are looking for another postseason run. That's the Titans being seven and one in their last eight. Like I know we do these recaps all the time, but sometimes it's hard to like get out of the current week and look at trends. That is, my eyes are now open to the fact that the Titans are seven and one last acre, and uh, yeah, they are gearing up for a playoff run for sure. Um, speaking of another team gearing up for a playoff run. The Atlanta Falcons, Kurt. Never thought uh, we'd be saying that, but here we are, Kurt, because this game, low-key important for the Falcons this week against the Bears. They end up converting a Young Ho Koo, or Young Waiku, if you want to be correct, but it's way more fun to say Young Ho. Young Ho Koo, field goal with two minutes left, and they beat the Bears 27-24. to uh, For the Falcons, as I mentioned, very important game for them because they are at five and six. And I know that's like, LOL, that's like, you know, top of the division, but they're second in the division to the five and five bucks. So they are right up there at the top of the division standings in the NFC South. I think we all expect the bucks to win Kurt, but like, if it's going to be interesting at all, the Falcons are going to have to win these like games that they should probably win. And this was definitely a game that they should have won. So, you know, I don't know what that really says in the long run, but they're, you know, they're clearly still in it. Marcus Mariota continues to do his thing. He had a pass touchdown and a rushing touchdown. Corduroy the boy, Cordor, Cordorell Patterson, our forever, our boy. He had a kickoff return for a touchdown, showing again how electric he is. However, Kurt, that was not the most electric kick return for a touchdown this week. Hmm. Is that a bit of foreshadowing, I see, can't I? <laughs> Oh yes, yes, ah, yes. yes we'll indeed. save that we'll save that for later but ah yes indeed some foreshadowing so the last thing i'll say for the bears justin fields he was playing well pretty much the whole game through an interception late that kind of sealed the deal and then he also like separated his shoulder so that's not ideal for bears fans but again it's not really about the season it's about long term for justin Fields. so uh you know hopefully he's healthy and kurt this last fun fact i have about this game that was just funny that i felt like i should mention uh both quarterbacks led their teams in carries Yes, carries as in rushing. Nice. 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 Uh, <laughs> the rushing quarterback very much alive very much. in the NFL right now. Very much alive. Bruno, you know a team who I wish wasn't alive? Oh, boy. <laughs> the Buffalo Bills. Yep. 
Bruno, playing their first of two games at Ford Field in Detroit over the course of four days on a Sunday afternoon, I'm talking. Bills handled the Browns 31-23 after coming, overcoming another pretty slow start. And, I mean, the starts haven't really been the problem for the Bills. It's been finishing, but just not your normal brand of football from the Buffalo Bills. So they were able to overcome it. Uh, they... Uh, they are now 7-3 and three and avoided blowing a third straight halftime lead by scoring on all five of their possessions in the second half. Um, what was the key, Bruno? Hmm. Protecting the ball. Damn. Ball security, equal job security. And uh, the Bills figured that out. And not only did they not throw the ball to the other team or fumble <laughs> the ball to the team, they they found the end zone a couple times. Sure. So um, we talked about earlier in the, on, in the season about the Bills being just way too reliant on their passing game. Yep. Um, but it was actually their rushing attack that led them to victory this week. Josh Allen was held under 200 yards to the air, but the Bills rushed for 171 yards on the ground. Um, which, I mean, Devin Singletary, he, he kind of disappeared a little bit last year. He's he's back with some vengeance this year. So, Buffalo, it's, it's going to be scary for teams down the stretch here. If Buffalo can have a running game like they, like they normally do, I mean, if they have a passing game like they normally do, and they're able to run the ball like they did this week, because that would spell problems for a lot of teams in the AFC. Um, Bruno, for the Browns, they never quit in this game. They got it back to a one-score game, had an onside kick opportunity, didn't get it. Um, but they get back the player who shall not be named mm. this week, and it'll be interesting to see <clears throat> how that all plays out, given the fact that he hasn't played in almost two years. And the Browns are not in playoff contention, so like, what are they exactly playing for? You know, so some uh, something to look forward to there, I guess. Yeah, very weird. Like, I know we've kind of been expecting this all season because we knew it was going to be eleven game suspension for Hio should not be named. And now that it's here, it's kind of like almost just like weird. Like, we're soon we're going to be having highlights from Hio should not be named. Like, that's just kind of weird that we're in the situation. But Kurt, here we are, moving on as we uh, as we do in this NFL. So, what have you done for me lately, league? I suppose. And, uh, Kurt, if I asked you what the Eagles have done for us lately, it wouldn't be much because two weeks ago, they, or not even really two weeks ago, but like last week, they lost to the Washington Commanders for their first loss of the season. And this past week, they played the Colts. And, uh, Kurt, they only won 17 to 16. Yes, against the Colts. It's time to start asking if the Eagles are okay because let me tell you, this was Jeff Saturday's second game as a head coach, may I repeat, correct? Nope. Uh, and they barely even got the win. Kurt, they took their first lead and only lead of the game on a touchdown run from Jalen Hurts with one minute left. That that was the Eagles' only win or uh, only lead of the game. I mean, sure they like got the win, but like Kurt, I don't know what's going on. I mean, you can definitely point to the like interim slash new head coach bump that teams get sometimes, like with the Colts. But like at the end of the day, I don't know. It just wasn't that convincing. Matt Ryan and Jonathan Taylor actually played kind of well. They ended up settling for three field goals, which honestly is kind of what turned out to be the difference. If they had converted like one or two of those for touchdowns, this would have looked a lot different. Yep. Um, but like the Eagles are going to have to clean it up. Kurt, someone else is going to have to clean it up. I don't know if you saw this. Nick Sirianni, coach of the Eagles. Listen, he was wild and out after the game. And by wild and out, I mean just flat out like sobbing and yelling at fucking Colts fans because apparently he's a big like Frank Reich guy. Like I guess he was a big mentor of his. So he like dedicated this game to Frank Reich, who obviously was just fired by the Colts. And, you know, was all upset that he couldn't get to coach against them and was, like, sobbing in the locker room. Listen, uh, Kurt, 
I, I said this to you before the podcast today, and we've heard it as Patriots fans. It's okay to tell another man you love him. Like, that is quite all it's right true. and encouraged. But it's true. Nick Sirianni, pulling Aaron Rodgers, and R-E-L-A-X, my friend, because, you know, less less sobbing about Frank Reich and more fixing your team. Yeah, uh, they looked terrible again. Two weeks in a row now, the Eagles have looked gettable, as I like to call them, yeah. Bruno. Um, so, it, uh, eh. Going back to this Colts thing, though, Jeff Saturday actually looks way more competent than I thought he would. Yeah. But how much of that is he's given – he was given the chance to start Matt Ryan at quarterback again, not Sam Ellinger. Like, I do think that makes a huge difference. However, however, give credit where credit is due. That offensive line has really turned it around. What position did Jeff Saturday play? Center, offensive line. So the guy probably is in, more credible than almost anyone – in terms of getting that right. So, who knows? A good start for Jeff Saturday, even though they lose this game, a, a good showing against one of the, the, the league's perennial teams at the moment. Yep. Bruno, here's two teams that are not <laughs> near the top of the NFL in any regards. Uh, they are near the top of the NFL draft list, though, because that's about where these two teams are headed. Uh, Bruno, the Rams are so fucking done, it's not even funny. They are cooked. Take them out of the oven. Mm. Um, in their first game without Cooper Cup, it went about exactly how you would expect. Yeah. But against the Saints, Bruno? I don't think I expected it against the Saints. The sucky Saints? <laughs> the Red Rocket, Andy Dalton, passed for three touchdowns while uh, Los Angeles quarterback Matt Stafford left the field to be evaluated evaluated for a concussion in the second half. Bruno, uh, all, <laughs> the reeling Rams, man. Mm. The, reeling, the reeling Rams. They lose 27-20. But here's the thing. Matt Stafford had just come out of concussion protocol two days prior to the game, and then he leaves in the second half of this game, also in concussion protocol. It's getting to the point where it's going to be interesting to see what happens with all this because um, the Rams aren't playing for anything. They're kind of out of this moment. So does Matt Stafford want to risk, you know, any long-term effect? I mean, when you're talking about concussions and brain injuries, that's obviously a big deal. I don't, I don't believe he was actually diagnosed with a concussion, but, like, another – if you're getting hit hard enough like that, like, something's going on where, you know, we, it might have to take a second look at that. Or maybe he sits out a little bit longer. But, like I said, they're not playing for anything. So, it's like, at what point do – is it not worthwhile? Um, Bruno, speaking of quarterback injuries, okay, Jameis Winston, he made some headlines yeah. this weekend by saying <laughs> that it hurt his soul well. to be benched and lose his, and lose his – uh, starting quarterback spot to Andy Dalton due to injury. He's like, you know, it's supposed to be like you can't lose your job to injury. Um, Drew Bledsoe says hello yeah. because uh, he got injured and he, he never got his job back. So, Bruno, interesting situation for both of these teams uh, and their quarterback situation. What uh, Any thoughts? Yeah, I mean, you said it best. Both these teams are going nowhere. What's extra depressing, I think, for the Rams, I probably should have looked this up, but, like, obviously – at this late in the season, you're probably playing for draft position. I'm pretty sure the Rams, so they, don't they like not even have first round picks like maybe ever again? Nope. Yes. They, they <laughs> so, yeah, no. That's even more depressing. So yeah, I don't know. I mean, clearly again, like, you know, if 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 the biggest reasons why they were successful last year, Matt Stafford and Cooper Cup are both injured and not playing 100% slash not even playing, I mean, what are you going to do, right? So like, at least they have that to be like, you know, I guess things aren't going the way they want them to go, but you know, we'll see if Sean McVay is even there next season or who's there next season. So uh, that's kind yeah, of the state of the Rams. Think, do you think Sean McVay takes a 
uh, um, like a gig in the in TV or something. I mean, again, like I, I don't think anyone would be surprised. That was with the whole off season, well, not the whole off season, but like the beginning of the off season, everybody was saying that. And like he can, he's already, you know, he's already won his Super Bowl. You know, he has his legacy. I, he's he's like still young. You know, he doesn't have to do the coaching grind if he doesn't want to. Like, you know, I think it would be easier. It's just kind of what he wants. He can do whatever he wants. But listen, the Rams and like. I- I feel like, too, going to that point, Bruno, if they don't, if he doesn't see, like, that they can contend next year or the year after, uh, it's almost like get out of Dodge. So, um, I I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what happens. Yeah, like, the Rams have very clearly for, like, three or four seasons been in win-now mode. That's why they trade all of their uh, draft picks for, for players and then, like, do huge free agency signings. No one is saying necessarily that, like, it's a given that next year they can't contend. But again, like you said, if the win now period has closed and they're entering the rebuild, I don't see why he, you know, to get, like, it's just what you said. There's there's not as much of a reason to say. So, Kurt, we, we shall see. Maybe uh, James Winston will head to the Rams and replace Matt Stafford when Matt Stafford retires. Who knows? Hey, yo. Hey, yo. Um, Kurt, switching gears from a team that is in win now mode and not winning to a team that is actually winning. The Detroit motherfucking Lions, baby. We talked about it at the beginning. Kurt, Man Campbell oh. and the Lions have now won three games in a row. It's crazy to say that, but the Lions have won three games in a row. The Lions, Kurt, as the uh, as the Bills fled the storm to Detroit, <laughs> the Lions stormed into the Meadowlands. And what did what do they do? They uh, played a seven and two Giants team and made them seven and three. They won thirty one to eighteen. Kurt, couple facts for you: the uh, Lions now have more wins. Four than they did all of last year. Three. And it's week 11. And more wins than the Rams. (laughs) Who would have thought? thought? Another fun fact for you, they're now in second place in the division ahead of the Packers, who they beat earlier on this winning streak. So if you're the Lions... Holy shit. I know. If you're the Lions, like, again, it's kind of crazy. Kurt, I will say, again, like, they're, you know, they're not necessarily doing anything crazy. You know, Jared Goff, Jared Goff again, likable guy, not lighting up a storm, but he's he's playing his game manager role to perfection. Listen, he had the hot hand earlier in the season, and now he's doing what he has to do to win. Jamal Williams rushed for three to rushing touchdowns. Him and DeAndre Swift all of a sudden are like a dynamic duo. Who would have thought that? And the Lions, Kurt, listen to what I'm about to say. The Lions won the turnover battle 3-0. Who the fuck would have thought that was the sentence I'd be saying in a Lions win? Not I. Not not, not us. I. Not you, not me, not us, Kurt. Uh, Dan Campbell and Grit are so back. Oh, they're so, like, uh, what was it? Biting kneecaps? Biting kneecaps is so back. It's the, it's the new thing. Yeah, Kurt. And what's crazy about that is that we have swiftly, and I ain't talking about Taylor Swift, uh, gone from questions about Dan Campbell's job to whether the Lions will ever lose a game again. It's, it's pretty fun, Kurt. I love having that conversation rather than, you know, the, the Lions are poopy. Uh, speaking of poop, it gives though, it gives a little more lust to their Thanksgiving Day game too. That is very true. That is very true. Um, you know who it doesn't though to the line to the the Giants because while they are seven and three and that again overall they're still in a great spot to make the playoffs. This game has definitely showcased concerns. Kurt, this is what happens when you have shaky quarterback play when you have literally no pass catchers, which the Giants have not had all season, and the defense are just loading up to stop Saquon because he actually is playing well this year. But it's like when defenses can just be like, you're, we're going to put everybody in the box and stop you. I mean, I don't. it's hard for him to get yards and touchdowns all the time. So I will say, if you told the Giants or the Giants fans that they would be 7-3 and three after 10 games, everyone would be ecstatic as a Giants fan, right? So, like, you do have to have a little perspective. Like, I'm sure, like, you know, starting, they started 6-0 or whatever they started, and 
you know, there's all this hype and all this stuff. Not saying all that's gone. But again, like, I know people are starting to be like, oh, the Giants, like, we'll see what they're going to do. But even still, they were never really supposed to be in this position. So the fact that they are, let's have a little hashtag perspective here as we uh, move forward with the Giants. Hey, you're you're spot on, dude. I, I mean, if you like you said, if you could have told Giants fans you're going to be seven and three, ten games in. I mean, every New York Giants fan is signing up for that. Yep. But it is troubling to see what they've done kind of over the last three weeks or so. And they're not playing their best ball right yeah. now. But I, I do think Brian Dayball has you know a chance to to right the ship there. Yep. Um, Bruno. Speaking of some bad football, <laughs> the next game, the next game was bad football. Uh, the quarterback of my Lamar Jackson five, hey. Lamar Jackson, that is, yeah. <laughs> uh, and the Ravens were struggling to reach the end zone until Baltimore's takeaway happy defense made that task a bit easier. Marcus Peters forced a fumble in the fourth quarter, uh, one of Carolina's three turnovers in the fourth quarter, and Lamar Jackson took advantage of the short field, scoring on a one-yard touchdown run. That helped Baltimore hold off the pesky Panthers. I'm doing a lot of that alliteration. Pesky I think that Panthers. is like the, the pesky Panthers, the dis. What I call them? The sucky Saints. Oh yeah, sucky Saints. The, <laughs> what was my thing for the Rams? I definitely had something for the Rams. Rambunctious that, Rams. I don't think I said that about the Rams. <laughs> the reeling Rams. Oh, reeling Rams. That's nice. Oh yeah. Anyway, Lamar Jackson scores is like the only touchdown in this game. Yep. One yard touchdown run held off the pesky Panthers. 13 to 3 on Sunday. Bruno, let's call a spade a spade here. Yeah. This game really sucked. Yep. Um, we did talk about on the pod, I believe it was just last week, or maybe it was two weeks ago now. Uh, whatever game Baker Mayfield was headbutting all of his teammates after the win, I think that was a Falcons <laughs> game. Uh, I think the man was still concussed because he, he played this week <laughs> and it didn't go well. <laughs> it didn't go well. Under 200 yards, had a couple interceptions uh, for the Ravens. They won the game. Great. They still look like one of the best teams in the AFC. But you're getting to the point where you need to see you need to see more from them. Um, letting the Panthers hang around? Not it. That ain't it. That ain't it. And Lamar Jackson, like I told you, he's the quarterback of the Lamar Jackson 5. Um, I need a little more. A little more juice out of Lamar. He was great earlier in the year. He, as the weather's turned here a little bit, man, my boys kind of fell off a little bit. So um, we'll see how how things progress for the Panthers once again. I mean, they're they're thinking about who they're picking in the top five this year. Um, while the Ravens are like, all right, let's get this right and let's let's go on a run here because the AFC, the whole thing is wide open this year. The NF, the parity in the NFL this year is wild. So two teams going in two different directions, but a, a, a win for the for the Ravens over the Panthers. Yes, sir. And uh, piggybacking off your Baker Mayfield a little too concussed point, I think he's concussed himself back to the bench because I saw a report today, Sam Darnold, <laughs> now the starter for the Panthers. Listen, you just have to be, as a Panthers fan, loving life right now between, what was it, P.J. Walker, uh, Baker Mayfield, and Sam Darnold, just the holy trinity of quarterbacks holding it down for the Panthers this year, leading them to the promised land of whatever shitty record they currently are in possession of. <laughs> well, you, you know that? You know that phrase? Yep. The phrase, um, if you have two quarterbacks, yep. you have none. Yep. What happens if you have three quarterbacks? Because <laughs> that's the Panthers have with Darnold, Mayfield, and PJ Walker. Uh, I think if you have three quarterbacks, you have negative quarterbacks. You have negative one quarterback. Yes. 
That's how it goes. Okay, I'm in. Okay. I'm in. I'm in. I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> so, the, as you said, the Panthers are looking to secure, uh, get rid of three and acquire one in the draft next year and go back to just having one quarterback. That's what they're hoping for. Um, Kurt, continuing on this lovely role of just dreadful football, uh, in another contender for forgettable game of the week, the Washington Commanders beat the Houston Texans 23 to 10. Hmm. Wow. That's <laughs> just what, what an absolutely thrilling result. Woohoo! Woohoo! Uh, Kurt, the big news from this game, because again, the game doesn't really matter. Uh, uh, Taylor Heineke, now the official starter for the Commanders, uh, which basically they spelled out in saying that even when Carson Wentz, who's injured, as shout out Jameis uh, in this line of thought, when he comes back and is healthy, will still be the backup. Kurt, I think I speak for literally everyone when I say, no shit, really? That was <laughs> that, that was the thought process for naming Tyler he- Taylor Heineke the starter because much better than Carson Wentz. Uh, as for the game, Kurt, the commanders were up 20 to nothing at halftime. It was pretty gross. It was kind of over. Kurt, the Texans only gained 148 total yards in the game, including only five in the first half. Kurt, that was not the fewest amount of yards gained in a half this week. Hmm. A little uh-huh. bit more foreshadowing, if I may, Kurt. Uh yes yes we're gonna we're gonna eventually we're gonna stop foreshadowing and just start shadowing but for now uh we're gonna focus on how the commanders are six and five and kurt very much like the afc beast the nfc beast keeps its chances of having its whole division make the playoffs so uh we'll see what happens with that moving forward but you know commanders got the dub this week and uh that's all that matters it sure is dude like i mean there was some horrendous football this week (laughs) including that game bruno this game, next game we're going to talk about, wasn't necessarily horrendous, but the two teams playing in it are. So, Josh McDaniels and the Las Vegas Raiders got a huge come-from-behind win when Derek Carr had a wide-open Devontae Adams with a 35-yard touchdown pass on the third play of overtime, powering Vegas to a 22-16 <laughs> win over the Broncos Sunday. However, however, However. why were... Why were the Raiders in this position in the first place? Tell me, Kurt. Well, my favorite topic, the stupidity of Nathaniel Hackett (laughs) and Russell Wilson once again was on full display for the Broncos this weekend. Uh, The Broncos found another way to lose a close game, dropping their sixth. Oh, God. Sixth one-score game of the season. Russell, let's ride Wilson. (laughs) Let's ride. (laughs) Too much time on the clock at interregulation. Denver, at the time, clinging clinging to a 16-13 lead at the two-minute warning. There was a play on third and 10 from his own 34-yard line where the Raiders had zero timeouts left, okay? So instead of Russell Wilson, you know, running, he was escaping the pocket, running, sliding down inbounds, and letting the next 40 seconds come off the play clock, this motherfucker just slings the ball out of bounds. Bruno, it took like three seconds off the play clock. Like, it's just, you have been in the league for a hot minute now. You can't be making stupid decisions like that. And then after the game, he was kind of asked about it, and Russell was like, I was going for the win. Mm. Uh, what? You By throwing the football <laughs> away? I, I, I don't know if he was talking about the play call or whatever, but I'm like, bro, this is this is a dumpster fire. And he's like, you know, we have faith in our defense. Even if we didn't get it, we're going to get a stop. Well, Jim, they didn't do that, Bruno. So, uh, you know, sure as shit, as soon as you punt that ball away, Vegas, who couldn't do anything all day, marches right down the field, 
get kicks a field goal, tie the game, 16-16. We go to OT, and like I said, on the third play of OT, it's the boy, Devontae Adams. I'll tell you one thing. Josh McDaniels can't be a head coach very well. Not, not a good head coach. But, boy, he can scheme up some offense because I, the best player on your team, the team that, uh, you know, uh, opposing defenses know you're trying to get this man the ball. He schemed up this play where Devontae Adams was so wide open. It, uh, it honestly wasn't even funny. So Raiders were able to, uh, you know, seal the deal in OT and get their first uh, road victory of the season. They're 1-5 on the road. Way to go, Josh. Way, way to go, Josh. So proud of you, buddy. Uh, Kurt, someone I am not proud of this week is myself. So, Kurt, I'm going to take a second here uh, and apologize. Not to you, Kurt. Fuck you. I uh, hate you. Shut up. <laughs> uh, you were right on this game, but I you know, I don't want to admit it. Um, just kidding. I love you, but also I hate you. Cause, but, Kurt, I'm not apologizing to you. It's not about you, Kurt, okay? It's not about you, Kurt. It's about your it uncle. Rarely, it rarely is about me. It, yeah, rarely, is about, <laughs> it rarely is about you. It's about Kurt's uncle. And for everybody who doesn't know, we're just going to do a little background here. Kurt's uncle, Cowboys fan, last week correctly predicted that his Cowboys would lose to the Packers. And what happened? His Cowboys lost to the Packers. This week, before our pick six, Kurt gave me the update. And he said his uncle, actually, he said it on the pick six before I even made my pick. So Kurt did everything he was supposed to do. He said, Bruno, my uncle is predicting the Cowboys to make the Vikings submit to their will and that he was predicting a big Cowboys victory. What did I do? Oh, on the pick six, I picked the Vikings. What did Kurt do on the pick six? He picked the Cowboys. Kurt, was I an idiot for that pick? Bruno, I don't know if it was your best pick. I tried to warn you. My <laughs> uncle, my uncle is on a goddamn heater <laughs> with the NFC East. Like I told you, he, like you mentioned, uh, he knew, he knew that Dallas was losing to Green Bay last week. And I was like, okay, that first off, I'm like, you're an idiot. That's not happening. Then it happened. And then he follows that up by saying, well, and the commanders are beating the Eagles on Monday night. And I literally laughed in his five <laughs> foot seven face. Oh, damn. He's a short man. I laughed in his face. Oh, shit. Uh, but Bruno, he got the last laugh because the, the man's been nothing but right. I'm never going to bet against him and the Cowboys again. Yeah. And Kurt, uh, he was, I don't know if you can be more than right, but the Cowboys beat the Vikings 40 to three. So, like, that's, like, basically, like, super right. I don't know if there's a higher definition of right. But, Kurt, 40 to 3, that is literally just a crazy final score. Like, I don't even know yeah, the last time have, I saw a final score like that. We have to include, like, the Wright brothers who made the plane. Yeah. There's now a third Wright brother, <laughs> yeah. and it's my Uncle Chris. It's uncle. His name isn't even Wright. <laughs> Maybe he needs to change yeah. his name to Wright. <laughs> yeah. Christopher Wright Rupp. Is yeah, love it. I love it. Well, while uh, Kurt's uncle figures out the logistics for that, we're going to figure out the logistics of this game. Kurt, the Vikings were 8-1 and they're on a seven-game winning streak, and now they are most certainly on a one-game losing streak. Uh, Kurt, speaking of stats, listen to these Cowboy stats. Dak Prescott, 22 for 25, 276 yards passing, two touchdowns, pretty solid. Tony Pollard, six catches, 109 yards, two touchdowns, solid. Zeke, two rushing touchdowns. Wow, there's a lot of touchdowns. I guess I'm just going to keep naming them. Solid. Brett Maher, the field goal or the kicker for the Cowboys. Four field goals with a long of 60. Kurt, it just goes on and on. I mean, it was literally just domination from the Cowboys. They, again, like, I, I it, it deserves to be said that the Cowboys, again, lost to the Packers, who are horrendous, and they are, look shitty, and they look like they're going on downhill. They lost them just last week. And there, there were some reports that came out that said the Cowboys, they had a, me a couple meetings, and they were like, what do we want to do this year? Like, are we, you know, are we in it for real? Are we a contender? What's going on? And they just came out, and they absolutely alerted the league that they are very much hashtag still here. Uh, the Vikings, on the other hand, 
Their two losses this year, Kurt, have been an at by an average of 27 points. And they were to two of the best teams in the NFC. So uh, not exactly what you're looking for for the Vikings move forward. Kurt, give me your thoughts, though, about this game, but also about what it means. Does Do you think the 40-3 to victory for the uh, Cowboys, does that say more about the Cowboys or does that say more about the Vikings as we gear up for the playoffs coming up? Great question. I think it says more about the Vikings. Mm. Um, I think the Cowboys will be around. I do think the Cowboys went to playoffs. Um, I don't know how legitimate they are. They play good defense, and I think Tony Pollard is a dog. But, and I'm going to, I was going to tread carefully Mm. with what I'm about to say, but I'm throwing caution to the wind. Oh. I think the Vikings are far and away the most overrated team in football. True. And that that scares me to say (laughs) because you think about the offensive firepower they have. Yeah. But then I just come right back around to primetime Kirk Cousins, and I'm I'm okay with saying that, Bruno. Like we we highlighted last week on the pod how we went through their entire schedule, how they beat these crappy teams by three, how they beat these crappy teams by two. Like yep. they they obviously a huge win up at Buffalo, right? With an injured Josh Allen, blah blah blah. That's a good win, but I I just I. You know how in my head I said, like, I still feel like I see the Patriots beating them by two touchdowns? Like, well, this game only gives me more false hope, yeah. probably, because <laughs> they looked so bad. They looked so bad, CBS cut away from their game yeah. in the third quarter. I, Kurt, that's funny that you mentioned that, because I had that game on, and then I just remember all of a sudden being like, wait, I didn't change the channel. Like, this is our... I was like, are we watching another game right now? No, CBS changed the channel for <laughs> yeah. you. So, so, yeah, Kurt, uh, listen, I, I'll take it, though. You know, listen, I'm right there with you. I think they're definitely overrated. And, Kurt, great timing for us to be for... Uh, wait, is it is it home or away this, this week? We're away. We're away. Great timing for us to be rolling up to Minnesota as their castle is crumbling. Yeah, <laughs> hopefully we... Uh... We just take it out. Hopefully take we it slay out. the dragon. Damn right. Slay the Viking. Um, <laughs> oh, God. Their horn, too. Oh, my God. There's two things about Vikings games that I think are wild. <laughs> Number one, the horn. Like The Patriots have a fog horn, which is like kind of dope. The Vikings have like a Viking horn. And it is the most obnoxious thing you will probably ever hear in your lifetime. But then the fans do this really cult-like skull chant. And I just feel like being if I if I could be there to witness that that would be so sick. Like it is so culty, but so cool at the same time. So if you don't know what I'm talking about, look up Skull S K O L chant uh, Vikings, and it it's gonna give you some goose goosies. Yeah. Uh, Bruno, speaking of a team going in a different direction, hmm. okay, this shouldn't surprise anyone anymore. But if you keep Jer Jer Joe Burrow. <laughs> relatively protected there's a good chance you're gonna win the game if you're the if you're the Bengals. yeah and good news they won the game this week bruno yeah. two plus months removed from an upset home loss to the pittsburgh steelers in week one in which he was pummeled relentlessly joe burrow responds by going 24 of 39 for 355 with four tutties uh, no he did chip in two interceptions but blah, blah, blah. we're not gonna talk about those nope. but, Forget those. Pittsburgh has a good defense, blah, blah, blah. Um, two weeks after Joe Mixon scored five touchdowns 
It was the boy Sam Perrine. I don't know who he really is, but he had three touchdowns of his own this week, all through the air. Uh, and the running back for the running back position for Cincy has now has now really kind of evolved. Like if you have Joe Mixon, who is a capable running uh, running threat, and you have Sam Pirine, who <laughs> the Ryan. boy, the boy who can do it through the air, you got a little, you got a little, you got a little. Little monster back there, um, but Bruno, <laughs> this is now four to five for Cincy, who's who's got it rolling. Uh, Pittsburgh saw its chance of repeating its Week One upset vanish in the second yeah. half as a 20 to 17 lead slipped away, and a rookie and notoriously small-handed Kenny Pickett Damn. passed for 265 and a touchdown. Najee Harris had a good game, 90 yards, two scores, but the NFL's second lowing sco- lowest scoring offense. Spotted at halftime, didn't do shit in the second half. Uh, like I said, Steelers, they're not going anywhere. But the Bengals, very much, very much back in the thick of things. Yes, sir. Uh, Joey beating the boys. Uh, Kurt, uh, I'm now on my second game in a row that I'm not enjoying breaking down, but I'm going to do it. So I'm just going to go ahead and say it. Kurt, I hate you, and I hate how much you're right. <laughs> I don't actually hate you, but I do hate how much you're right because you're just always right. Uh, credit to me for admitting that, Kurt. So you can actually kind of make the argument that I deserve more credit than you. That's a route that we should explore going down. But you did sit on our pick six this weekend. We broke down the Chiefs-Chargers game. For those who didn't know, I took the Chargers, Kurt took the Chiefs. Kurt's line of thinking, uh, it would be the Chav- Travis Kelsey show and the Chiefs would win. And God damn it, that's exactly what happened as the Chiefs won 30-27. to uh, the Chiefs wide receivers, Kurt, again, I could just we could just play Kurt's like analysis on the pick six. So that's pretty much exactly what he said. Chiefs wide receivers, they were all hurt. It was like, uh, you know, McCole Hardman was out with injury and like some other Juju. guys. Were, yeah, Juju was out. And Tony, Carter's Tony just got there. He's not even fully acclimated yet. So, again, what did Patrick Mahomes do? He turned to his trusty right-hand man, threw three touchdowns to Travis Kelsey, who, Kurt, it's kind of crazy. It just feels like he kind of does this every week. Like, I, if I looked it up, I'm sure he doesn't. But I feel like he just, it's like Travis Kelsey is just bawling the fuck out this year. Um, as much as I say that, though, this kind of was a close game. Um, the Chargers were kind of like in it up until the end, which unfortunately is like the story of the Chargers' like entire existence. Uh, Kurt's favorite, Irby the Pervy, he threw for 280 yards and two touchdowns. Austin Eckler had 83 yards and a touchdown. Joshua Palmer, you'd be like, huh, who's that? He's a wide receiver who's actually healthy on the Chargers. He had 162 touchdowns. Keenan Allen came back and had 94 yards receiving. So again, Kurt, like the Chargers were in it. You know, there, there were six lead changes, three of them in the fourth quarter alone. It really just kind of felt as we were watching, it was like both these teams were throwing punches that were connecting, and it was just going to be whoever threw the last one would win. Uh, Kurt, as what has become unfortunately usual, as whenever these teams play, or honestly kind of whenever the Chiefs just play anyone in general, the Chiefs do the final punch. The Chargers scored with a minute 46 left to go up for 27-23. I think the entire world collectively at that time, Kurt, was like, that's too much time for Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. 146, obviously, because if they made it work in like 30 seconds against the Bills last year or whatever, however preposterously low amount of time it was, a minute 46 is certainly too long. Lo and behold, they only took a minute 15 to drive down and score a touchdown of their own. So that put them up 30 to 27. And the Chargers were like, hmm, maybe it's our time to change the narrative. Absolutely not. Justin Herbert, Herbert the pervert, threw his one and only interception on that final drive to put it in the books for the Chiefs. Kurt, my closing thought for this game, let me just ask you this. The Chiefs, 
before the season, they lost Tyreek Hill. They had a struggling defense for a while to start this year. They feel It feels like they've gotten much less hype than usual this year, especially uh, compared to some other teams in the AFC. Kurt, do you think after all is said and done, it's just going to be the Chiefs again that are winning the AFC? No. Oh, okay. So is it because of another team or you don't believe in the Chiefs? It's because I... If this NFL season has taught me anything, it's that weird chick is happening. Okay. I, like I like I, it. I think I think last week I said my my Super Bowl pick. Or no. I didn't. This was on a different podcast. I was on my buddy Wally Hansen's podcast. Wow, advertising and, a different podcast. And, and hey, they gassed us up, so there you go. Okay, fine, fine. Um where's Waldo? He uh they asked what my Super Bowl prediction was gonna be. We all kinda went through it. Yep. And I said 49ers Dolphins. <laughs> Well, that is a hell of a prediction. <laughs> so that's where my brain was at last week. Well, that um, would be the Mike McDaniel Bowl, right? Because it's a team. Oh, yes. Yeah. Um, I th- I like the 49ers pick. And Bruno, a little foreshadowing. Mm. <laughs> Here we're going to talk about the 49ers, pal. Mm. Okay. Here they come. Here come the 49ers, Bruno. <laughs> Jimmy Garoppolo threw four touchdown passes, including two each. To Brandon Ayuk and George Kittle as the Niners won their third straight game by blowing the doors off the Arizona Cardinals 38-10 to on Monday Night Football in Mexico City. Wow. Bruno San Fran moved up to 6-4 and four on the year, and they've won five of their last seven. They are currently tied with Seattle at the top of the NFC West. So that lead that the, Seah- the Seahawks had early, that has dwindled. Okay, A surging 49ers and a kind of shaky Seahawks uh, over the last couple weeks have have tied things up in the NFC West. Garoppolo had another wildly efficient performance. Wasn't just a game manager this week. He completed 20 of 29 passes for 228, four touchdowns, like I said earlier, and proved once again maybe he is just more than that that game manager. Um, It's interesting because, you know, Trey Lance is coming back next year. I do do honestly got to think Jimmy G's gone. From there next year, and they're going to be there are going to be some openings uh, at quarterback. So if Jimmy keeps playing well, he could he could play himself into a decent contract here. Um, you think about what what availabilities there might be next year. Is Rogers still in Green Bay? Is Derek Carr in Vegas? Is Tom Brady in Tampa? Is any of those three buffoons in Carolina? Like there are going to be openings. What's the deal with the Texans? Davis Mills ain't going to be there long. Oh. Um, so it's interesting. I, I mean, yeah. he he could play himself into a job somewhere. somewhere. Yeah. On the other side of things, someone who is playing themselves out of a job oh, or a coaching yeah. position are Cliff Kingsbury and the Arizona Cardinals. Bruno Kyler Murray not able to play in this one. So that obviously accounts for a lot of what the Cardinals do. But 38 to 10, you got your doors absolutely blown off. They boat raced you. Um, and the, the Cardinals have completely fallen out of contention at four and seven now. So that was this week in the NFL, Bruno. There were some crazy games. There were plenty of bullshit, dumb games, uh, <laughs> including, <laughs> including the next one. We talk about. Bruno, Bruno did a bit, plenty of foreshadowing to lead to lead us to this very moment, Bruno. And I think we have to give the people what they want right now. Bruno, 
this Patriots Jets game was just downright abysmal. Like I'm sure Bill Belichick like got off to it because he's a football nerd and he loves stupid old football. And this was stupid old football, Bruno. Give me right off the jump your takeaway from this game. Uh, it was just gross and disgusting, but it honestly makes me laugh because I, again, I know some of our Jets listeners will want to turn this off, but Kurt, we can just play the most gross, disgusting, horrible football game and still beat the Jets. It's like it, we just have to show up and we're going to beat the Jets. It's it's hilarious. Like the fact that Zach Wilson <laughs> had been five and one as a starter this year going into this last weekend's game. And his only loss had been to the Patriots. And then he stands up at the podium. He's like, yeah, we'll see him again in two weeks. Bro, hold on. Hold up. You cannot come out here and be like, yeah, we'll see him again in two weeks. And then you see them again in two weeks. And you put up the stat line that you put up. <laughs> Bruno. Oh, my God. This guy is a fraud. Yeah. <laughs> Forget the game. Forget the game. I'm happy the Patriots won. Ugly wins count to yeah. a win is a win is a win is a win. But. But. My biggest takeaway, which gives me so much happiness, <laughs> I can't even begin to explain it, is the New York Jets are back in quarterback purgatory. And I'm not saying the Patriots aren't there either, but I'm saying the Jets are there. And, you know, to have the second overall pick and to draft Zach Wilson and all this shit, and he, you know, the people were saying his ceiling is Patrick Mahomes. Well, I didn't know we were talking about Patrick Mahomes when he was playing Pee Wee third grade because yeah. that's about what we got going on right yes. now with Zach Wilson, Bruno. He was atrocious. So he says like those things two weeks ago. Yeah, we'll see him again in two weeks. But then but then he goes out and has that dud of a performance. And all the great quarterbacks, after a loss, Bruno, when you're standing up there, you don't want to be at your post-game press conference, but you have to do it anyway. What do all the greats say? Who takes the blame? Leaders. The leaders. The quarterbacks, you were taught as a quarterback, you know, when you when you lose, it's me. Like, you take the blame. When you win, it's we. You give, you give props to your teammates, blah, 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 blah. That's like one of the first things you learn as a quarterback and a captain and a leader. Well, now I'm starting to understand because his senior year at BYU, Zach Wilson was not named a starter. I mean, whoa, sorry was not named a captain. Hmm. That's like, whoa, red flag, red flag, red flag, because normally a quarterback is a captain of a team, and the fact that he was a captain his junior year and then not his senior year, hmm. it's like, huh, what does that have to say about his leadership? Well, we've seen it now on full display over the last month, and uh, it apparently rubbed some people way the wrong way in the Jets' locker room, so much so that Robert Sala has come out this week and said, "Yeah, it is no guarantee that Zach Wilson is the starting quarterback of the New York Jets." What are your thoughts? I mean, deserved. I like again. I know that like there's some element of sticking behind your guy and like he's you know still on his rookie contract and he's still young or whatever. Like I get all that, but like there's only so much shit you can take, especially as you said with the way he handled the shit. Where like again, like read the room, understand your team, know the fact that the Jets played extraordinarily on defense this game and have pretty much the entire season, know the fact that the entire offense was frustrated. There were receivers on the sidelines, like, losing their shit, and after the game, Garrett Wilson was like, this is bullshit or whatever. Like, there was all this shit going on for uh, 
the Jets. Like, dude, the all you have to do is just be like, like, say the same old shit that every quarterback says. Like, yep, it starts with me. I have to be better. It's so easy to say. The fact that he couldn't even do it, yikes, Kirk. Major yikes, Bruno. And it's fun to sit here and rank on Zach Wilson. But I also, I feel like this is a New York Jets issue at the moment with their younger guys. I think the Jets have a good football team, a very good football team, and I think they're a better football team than the Patriots. I really, truly believe that. But here's my issue. You have Zach Wilson taking no accountability for anything, being a bad teammate, not being a good leader. You have Elijah Moore, a second-year player, demanding a trade because he's rocking around like he doesn't get the ball, blah, blah, blah. Bro, who are you? Yeah. I know you're a second round pick, but who are you? And who, what makes you think you have the prerogative to walk around like that? Yeah. Uh, hold on, fella. You play for the Jets. All right. Let's, <laughs> let's take everything with a grain of salt here. And then you got Garrett Wilson this week yeah. as a rookie yeah. preaching about like how they need to be better and how shit's got to get fixed fast. And it's like, I get it. And I like that he's passionate, but like, uh, uh, you're not a leader either. Nope. And like, I, it's just these young guys with jets love to run their mouths and it's, I don't think it does them any good. And I think like, can you, can you imagine a bill Belichick led team with people running their mouth like this? They'd be cut. He would cut your ass so fast. You wouldn't know what to do with it. Um, but Bruno, if I, I just took a gander over at his, uh, Zach Wilson's stat line. Yes. Not good. Nine of twenty-two <laughs> for seventy-seven yards, and he was sacked four times. He also should have thrown at least one pick, probably two. Oh my god, that one um, to McCordy. I was like, buddy. Well, Devin McCordy is his most reliable receiver. Yeah. So he targeted him again this week, which was nice of him. Um he, he hit him for completions twice in New York. So uh that's good. But yeah, he tried to again this week. McCordy just dropped it. Um but Bruno, he had seventy seven yards and thirty three of them came on that bullshit pop fly right. that he threw down the sideline to Mims that uh, was so poorly underthrown that like it worked in their in Jets favor. So I mean Nine completions for Zach Wilson and Bruno. They had 10 punts. <laughs> like, that's not good. That's not good at all. Now, I, with that being said, how much of this are you putting on Zach Wilson and the Jets offense sucking? And how much of this are you putting on maybe the Patriots just being really good defensively? Uh, well, okay. I definitely think we're good defensively, right? That's that's uh, that's not for debate in my mind. I'm trying to pull up something about the Jets really quick. But again, like at the end of the day, the Jets offense hasn't exactly been lighting it up recently. I mean, sure, they had that one. I'm pulling up the schedule. They did score 40 somehow on the Dolphins, which I don't even remember that game. I think that was when Tua was out. So that it was be, like, but again, the fact they even scored 40 is hilarious. They scored 27 against the Packers, who not good. They scored 16 against the Broncos. Not good. They scored 17 against us the first game, and then they scored 20 against the Bills. So, I don't know. Maybe now I'm, I am talking myself into it as more of us because, again, like, there has to be some element where you would think that they would do better than this, especially when they've proven they can put up... They're, if you take away this game, like the 10-3 to 3 game, they're probably, probably averaging, like, 20 to 25 points a game. 
So I think Zach Wilson's really bad, but like you, I guess looking at the season as a whole, you can probably make the case that a lot of it today or this, these two games has had to do with the Patriots. I just think they're playing so fast lately. And like, <laughs> I don't get me wrong. The last three games are against the Jets, the Colts, and the Jets. You're not talking about huge firepower right. on offense. But like, it doesn't matter who you're lined up against. You still got to get the job done. And they've gotten the job done. That Bruno, they sacked the Colts nine times before the bye. They sacked Zach Wilson four times this week. Like they're what they're able to do this year is get after the quarterback. And it's it's giving the secondary time to cover. Um, you know, this this offseason, I know I said it, I don't know if you said it, but a lot of people had mentioned like, oh, you don't know what the cornerback in the secondary room is gonna look like because right. You lose Gilmore last year. You right. let J.C. Jackson walk this year, and you're stuck in the secondary with Jonathan Jones, who his entire career had been a slot cornerback. Now you're going to bump him to the outside and play on the boundary. You take Jalen Mills, who sucked yeah. in Philadelphia. You bring him here last year to be a like a safety, but then Stephon Gilmore gets hurt, and Mills starts opposite J.C. Jackson, and now Mills is your, like, your number one corner. He's locked down out there at the moment. And then you go, you go draft these two rookies in Kyle um, – not Kyle Duggar, Jesus – in uh, Jack Jones and Marcus Jones to go with a loaded safety group with Adrian Phillips and McCordy and Duggar and Jabril Peppers is playing great out of nowhere. Bruno, they just are playing fast defensively. And uh, I know they haven't played great teams, and you're, you're certainly going to down the stretch, like – I'm so interested to see how do you do against a Stephon Diggs who who cooked J.C. Jackson multiple times a year? Or how do you look against Joe Burrow who has Jamar Chase and T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd and, uh, you know, some of those guys? My boy P. Ryan now. P. Ryan. Um, but I, I, it'll be – and, you know, I think I overlooked this in week one. If you look at the Dolphins this year, the team that kind of held them most at bay when they had every when they had everyone was the Patriots. Yeah. So I think I think there are some huge signs of optimism here and some reason to believe, yes, this defense can carry you a little bit here down the stretch. Bruno, we talked about if the Patriots can get to ten wins, they're gonna be in. That's only four more, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> we gotta go, we gotta go uh we got to go like four and three down the stretch here, which I think is doable. Now, with that being said, I've only talked about the good. We've got to talk some offense here for a second, Bruno. But I, again, I feel like a lot of my friends know me for being the miserable prick and the glass half empty guy. I'm going to take a half glass full approach here. Okay. Yeah. So we were texting during the game about the game and how awful the Patriots offense was. Yeah. All that still relatively true. Okay. The Patriots didn't score a touchdown. They were only able to muster up three points offensively. Just not what you're looking for. But if you look a little deeper, I don't think it was as bad as it looked on the surface. So you talk about the Patriots, you know, we kind of said at the bye, they got to. They got to go back to the drawing board, kind of reinvent themselves offensively. What what is the identity of this team going to be moving forward after the bye week? Well, 
something that I liked is it was less of, hey, Mac, throw the ball downfield. Like, you know, Mac had a lot of his turnovers early in the year on deep balls down the field that really aren't a huge part of Mac Jones' game. This week was way more of that short passing game. You hit Devontae Parker on like three or four slants. You hit those short intermediate routes to Jacoby Myers. You got your tight ends involved. Jonu Smith had like four or five catches. Um, Bruno, you look at it, Mac Jones was 23 of 27 for 246 yards with a 9.1 average in yards per pass. Bruno, I mean, here's my here's the takeaway. During the game, I don't think I realized that, and two of the incompletions were drops. Tyquan Thornton had one, and Jacoby Myers had one. Um, so if you're telling me, leading up to this game, Mac Jones is going to go 25 of 27, it should have gone 25 of 27, for over 250 yards and have zero interceptions, I would have been like, let's go. 246 yards was the most yards the Jets' defense has given up all year. Uh, so yeah, that's that's true. Look that up. I, I looked, looked that one up. <laughs> but, um, I just I do think there were some good things that you can take away from this game, and it, it, I got a little bit more back towards what Mac Jones is good at. So that's my first takeaway. What is your thought on that, Kurt? I I think it's it's hard to your point about how you said we didn't realize it's during the game. It's hard to focus on stuff like that during the game because we're watching everything else that's happening. And I'm sure we'll get into some of the other stuff too. And like, obviously it's easier to focus on like the shit that's not going well. And of course we're going to cover that. Right. But taking a step back and looking at it after, like we're doing now and reflecting on a little bit, you're absolutely right. Like there were other things that we will talk about that maybe got in the way of it being better. But when you look at how Mac Jones played and you looked at how, you know, his completions percentage and like the, the, like you said like the average yards per like it'd be different if he was you know 20 of 25 for like uh, zach wilson 77 yards that would be a lot different right right? but throwing for 246 means there was actually some yardage behind that and again like it kind of goes to some of our points that we've had all year where there's definitely been a lot of times that mac jones and the offense have been able to move the ball it's just the like not being able to finish a lot of the times due to some factors and just due to the fact that again it's like we certainly have a lot of good starts to drives or good parts to drives and then they get sidetracked and it doesn't end up resulting in much yeah and you're spot on that was where i was going next there are still some huge issues with negative plays so i had we had talked about but the last jets game and the colts game those two games there were 31 negative plays for went for zero yards or negative yards this week there were 11 so like you didn't really clean it up. No. Um, Mac Jones was sacked six more times in this game. He lost 48 yards on those sacks. Bruno, it was like goddamn fucking clockwork. The Patriots would get down to the borderline of the red zone. It'd be first down. They call a stupid run play. It wouldn't work. They'd uh, Next play, there'd be a holding penalty. Then there'd be like a, a pass for like five yards. And then on third and 14, you're on the edge of field goal range. Max taking a sack and I will hand up shout out me. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I was a victim of the moment in some of those texts that I sent during the game, Bruno, <laughs> um, because I watched the game back again, as I do. I think of the six sacks Mac took only 
one or two of them were on him. Okay. The rest of them were your offensive line just getting absolutely worked, which leads me to my point of this offensive line is a massive, massive problem. And if you don't go anywhere this year, I do believe it will be because of the offensive line. So this week, Trent Brown was sick at practice uh, and didn't start this game, which meant Isaiah Wynn started at left tackle like he did all last year. So it was Wynn at left tackle, Cole Strange at, at guard, David Andrews was back at center, and then Wenu was at right guard, and Yanni Kajust was at right tackle. Well, sure as shit, immediately in this game, in the first quarter, uh, David Andrews goes out with what looked like a terrible injury. Yeah, um, it was ruled a thigh injury during the during the game. They pretty quickly ruled him out, so that means James Ference is coming into play center. <laughs> Whoop de freaking do! <laughs> Isaiah Wynn goes out yeah. with a foot injury, and I don't even know what. Who do they even bring in? Oh God, I'd have to look. I don't remember, but it couldn't have been a. It wasn't a good situation. No. Uh, who was it? It doesn't really matter, but they are dangerously thin along the offensive line right now, Bruno. And it's it's something that is going. to... Oh, they brought Trent Brown in, who had been sick. Right. That was my bad. Um. And Trent Brown played. Like he was sick. He did not play well. And um, do, do we have to point out that you broke that news to an NFL insider? We should probably take a second to pro, to, to say that, Kurt. Yeah, people forget. the None of the beat reporters for the Patriots knew what was going on. But because I'm an Instagram hoe, I knew that Trent Brown was sick. And his sister brought him soup earlier in the week. So uh, I broke some news to some people. And I got some retweets and some yeah. likes and some <laughs> followers on Twitter. So shout out, uh, shout out to that little fun little process. <laughs> Bruno. I uh what give me your outlook for this offense, right? We had talked about last week, you know, after this Jets game, they're going to play some quote unquote easier defenses. Is there anything that you take away from this game? It's like, okay, it's something to build off of. Well, no turnovers for sure for Mac Jones, I mean, that that's huge, yep. right? Because we like you said, the, it, I think you put it best, right? When we're shifting from the like dangerous slash unnecessary throws he's making downfield to like a more suitable offense for him. That's good. So no turnovers is huge for Mac. I like that we got to that point. Um, but I will also say exactly to your point, right? I don't necessarily look at Mac yet as a guy who I have a lot of confidence in when the offensive line is is beat up, not even healthy, not playing well, no chemistry, whatever you want to call it, right? Like obviously they're doing their best, but when they're not playing at their level, I don't know if that's like a great recipe for Mac Jones at this point. Like I feel like he needs, you know, some time and maybe he sometimes plays a little too fast. But to your point, if the play calling we're focusing on, as you said it earlier, is focusing on the short and intermediate routes, then maybe that can mask some of the offensive line play that's going on. And that can lead to us having a more cohesive offense. Now, Am I like thrilled that this game we didn't score a touchdown uh, or on offense we didn't score a touchdown? Absolutely not, right? Like that obviously is something moving forward we're going to have to address because while the teams that we're playing might not have the best offense or defenses, their offenses sure are going to be good. I mean, like when we think about some of them, right? Uh, the Vikings, 
they have a i mean we'll see they just scored three points against the cowboys but we'll see right you know the cardinals their defense is terrible i guess it depends if kyler murray is playing but they have pieces on offense the bengals like who knows about their defense they have pieces on offense like those games we're supposed to win you know we're gonna have to at least score more than 10 points i would assume to win those games yeah. but it was certainly a start like if you told me coming out of the bye at least mac would throw no interceptions and he'd have no turnovers i'd be like okay well that's a good starting point we just need to build yeah and they ran some play action. Like I said, they got their tight ends involved. Right. I think they took baby steps forward, even yeah. though they scored no touchdowns, which just sounds weird. Yeah. Nick Folk did miss two field goals, like relatively short ones for right. him. Um, so that would obviously would have helped. Um, not great. Still can't finish drives. They have to be better in the red zone, yeah. and their offensive line has to play better. Yeah. But I don't know, dude. Things are kind of there for the taking. They are one game out of first place in the AFC East. Um, and they have, they're they're in a playoff spot right now. It's a six seed, so that's encouraging. Um, Bruno, we do have to talk about. It would be stupid if we didn't. Um, the final play yeah. of the, yeah. like the <laughs> touchdown. Um, <laughs> the stupidity <laughs> of the New York Jets oh. was once again on full display. Similarly to Nathaniel Hackett, like yeah. I like to talk about. Yep, it's just one of these things that like. I said on the pick six, until the Jets prove that they can beat the Patriots, I'm not going to pick them to beat the Patriots. They, this is this is why I, I feel that way. So, with time running out here in the in the end of the game, uh, the Patriots use their timeouts to make to force the Jets into a third and one. The Jets throw the football. Kyle Duggar comes up, rallies the ball, makes a great play. Patriots use their last timeout to make the Jets punt. Um, and these sickos there was like 19 <laughs> seconds on the clock i believe yep um all game the jets punter had gotten some work all game he had nine punts to this point yep he'd been really good um it was like directional coffin corner he actually punted the ball out of bounds a couple times which is kind of a sign like hey we respect your return man yeah we don't have to set up a return blah 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 well on this man's 10th punt he decides, I'm going to kick a line drive <laughs> with no hang time. He, I mean, don't get me wrong. He, he, he nuked it. Like, it yeah. was a nuke. But it was down the middle of the field, not high, meaning no hang time, and he outkicked his coverage. So mm. automatically, mm. uh-oh, yikes. And then the fact that Marcus Jones tooled on all of those jets yep. was just so marvelous to see. And I, again, Abby calls me Teresa Caputo, who is oh. like the Long Island medium. She oh. like knows things are happening before they're happen. Okay. Um, as the punt was in midair, I said in front of my parents and Abby, I was like, uh, if they give him some room, Marcus Jones is a pretty electric returner. Like those words came out of my mouth. I'm like, he can get them to field goal range. Sir went past <laughs> the goal range. Yeah. He found his way to the end zone, Bruno. It was, I don't know the noises that came out of my body, but they were <laughs> otherworldly because oh. I was freaking out, Bruno. This was like a playoff game. If the Patriots did not win this game, their playoff chances went to like 17%. Yeah. If they won the game, they're up to almost 60%. So that's a huge, huge difference. And it, it really, 
I think it's going to be the reason the Patriots make the playoffs and the Jets don't. So, Bruno, we're going to talk about this right now. Um, if you if you run on the list of the AFC seedings, okay? okay I'm going to pull up those standings, but keep going. Do it. Chiefs are at one, eight, and two. Yep. The Dolphins, Titans, and Ravens are two, three, four in that order. They are seven and three. So those are your division leaders. The Bills are currently the five seed at seven and three. The Patriots are the six seed at six and four. And the Bengals are also six and four as a seven seed. So if the playoffs started right now, <clears throat> excuse me, the Patriots are going to Tennessee to take the Titan play the Titans in round one. Uh sure. Yeah, we'll take that. Yes, please. Yes, please. <laughs> It, it really is. So the Bengals are seven. Jets are eight. Chargers are, are uh, nine. Those are the only teams really in contention. Bang, yeah. uh, Jets are six and four. Chargers are five and five. So yep. what I ultimately think the Patriots is going to help the Patriots get in. Bruno, currently they are five and two in the AFC. Mm-hmm. So it, that's one of the tiebreakers is your conference record. So like the Bengals, they're three and three in the conference. Yep. So th- that's going to go a long way, I think, to determining who makes it in because some of these teams will probably have similar records at the end of the year. So, um, And to add on to that point really quick, we've already beaten the Jets twice, and they're in the group that we're going to be like close with, and we play the Bengals. And if we can beat the Bengals, then I think the Chargers are like the other team maybe that will be in the mix, but then like two of the three teams in that mix will have also the head-to-head again, which would be crazy. Yeah, I do think the Bengals game is kind of a must win at this point. Like, we talk about the Patriots having six wins right now. We kind of, you don't want to circle wins, but the Raiders and Cardinals. Gotta have them. Looking like you gotta win those games. So that's eight. No. Yes, that's eight. Yeah. If you can beat the Bengals and get to nine. And if we beat the, yeah. yeah. uh, That would mean you beat the Raiders. Yep. You beat the Bengals. That would be at least seven conference wins. You're in a you're in an okay spot. You're in an okay spot. Um, it's then it's finding that last win. It's finding which, that which could be against the Vikings this week. Like it, it honestly, it could be. Bruno, I think it is. Yeah, I think it is. But we'll we'll, we'll break it down. We'll break Bruno, it down. As soon as we get <laughs> off here, uh, we have to talk about pick six. Yeah, um, how we're gonna do that this week. But do you have anything else on the Patriots, or, or, or are you good for now? No, I, Kurt, I, I'm, I, I'm with you, right? Like this game, it was absolutely electric. I will equal just the fact that like strange noises were coming out of me as that was going down, as the punt risk was uh, being returned for a touchdown. It was just so fucking funny. I was also just laughing because I was like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" Like we suffered through that horrible game, and then at the end of the day, the Patriots are still winning, the Jets are losing, and that's how it happened. It, it must have just been stunningly bad to be a Jets fan. So just made me laugh again. No matter what happens this season, Kurt. We're always going to have that, and we're always going to have the fact that if the Jets had maybe even gotten one of the two wins against us, or both, the, the division could look a lot different. So we'll always have that. Other thoughts, though, Kurt? I'm excited for the Thanksgiving game. And, Kurt, here's, you know, if things start going south against the Vikings, we play at 820, just pass a food coma where we were sleeping. We didn't even see the game. You know what I mean? So we have yeah. a built-in excuse if things go south. I'm not saying they will, but if they, uh, if they do, again, we were in a food coma. I don't know what happened. We didn't have a game at Thanksgiving. What are you talking about? Nope, I hear you. Bruno, both offensive lines, something to watch. Both offensive lines hurting at the moment. Patriots yeah. injured up front. David Andrews did practice today, oh. which is wild. Um, Ian Rappaport said after the game it was a season-ending injury. Yeah. And then on Monday, Scott Zolak came on to his show, 
uh, Zolak and Bertrand. It was like, that's a bad report. Like, I think he'll be back soon. Like, I wouldn't rule him out for Thursday night. And then David Andrews is back at practice today. Uh, that dude is tough as nails. Uh, but their best tackle, Christian Darisaw, who's like a first or second year guy, he's out for the year. So uh, that's also the side Matt Judon lines up on. Mm. <laughs> so uh, thank you very much. Sounds like he's going to be feasting on Thursday for several different reasons. All right, you're t- you're telling me, pal. All right, uh, Bruno. So yeah, it'll be a, a great matchup. Patriots playing on Thanksgiving for over the first time in a decade, and uh, we will be there to break it all down for you next week. We will be coming at you with pick six and all that fun stuff. And Bruno, it is time for you to take us home, country roads, baby. Take us home, country roads. Well, I hope everybody's country roads that they take to get home for Thanksgiving or wherever they're going are wonderful, delightful. Everybody enjoy your Thanksgiving. Enjoy your stuffing, turkey, mashed potatoes, those desserts that I still don't remember the name of that I said way back in the beginning, and everything else you have on Thanksgiving. Uh, Enjoy some football. I'm hoping for a Lions win. I'm hoping for I don't know the second game, and I'm hoping for a Patriots win. So that's what I'm Cowboys-Giants in the second game. Uh... Probably Cowboys for your uncle's sake. Do it for, for my uncle. uncle. Yeah, yep. for your uncle. So um, we will be doing our pick six in some form or fashion this week. So stay tuned. But for now, we will see you next time on Playing the Field. Bye, guys.